You are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach. And although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast. And if you've ever thought that you have to have this humongous podcast audience to actually have high conversions and make money from it, well, I've got something to tell you today. Welcome, Isabella. I'm sorry. It's one of those days. The mouth is getting head of the brain. (laughs) All good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you today. I'm excited about this topic because, you know, there are a lot of misconceptions that happen when people start podcasts, especially when entrepreneurs start podcasts for their business. So I'm excited for today's conversation because I really believe that if, if entrepreneurs learn the true power of podcasting, then it becomes such a pivotal tool in their business. Now, you are the head of, uh, I'm probably going to say this wrong, ISA Media Inc. And you also have a podcast of Visible with ISA Media. And you share a lot of strategies on there, how you can get more eyes on your business and impact. So one of the first things I want to ask you, Isabella, is can you have high conversions with a small audience? Absolutely. That is what we focus on at ISA Media Inc. You are super close. Yeah. So we focus on that at ISA Media Inc. of making sure that the goal is not growth or listeners for the sake of growth and listeners, but it is for intentional community building and for intentional conversion, whether that looks like, I know you focus on authors. So whether that looks like getting people to learn more about your book, buy the book online, go to download the audiobook. Or it's something if you're a service-based provider, downloading your service guide, getting deeper into your world, understanding how it is that you help people. And you can really start to do that with an audience of five people, of 10 people, all the way up to an audience of hundreds of thousands, the way that so many people dream of eventually building to. Yeah, you know, something I um I teach about in terms of you know, using your book and and building your business is the fact that you are better off with a hundred raving fans than thousands of disengaged followers. Absolutely. People who are going to be willing to go deeper into the work that you do, share the work that you do. I find that sometimes that is the most powerful is people who come back every single week to your podcast episode, love what you have to say. And as soon as they hear something from you that is relevant to a friend, they're quick to share it. They're quick to put it on their social media. They're quick to text it to them. That 
level of engagement is so important because it means that people are actually resonating with what you have to say. And it's not just a show that they have on in the background of their lives. (laughs) You know, that's, that's, uh, you know, that that's a counts as a download and a listen, but that's not the kind of listeners that we want for our podcast. Isabella, tell us a little bit about your story because you actually have shifted gears in your life. Absolutely. So I, the main piece of my story I always start with is I graduated from college from studying journalism and communication in 2020. And we all know what happened in 2020. And it was something that, of course, in the moment was very difficult to navigate. And I was very fortunate that I got a job right after college, which many of my peers and classmates did not. However, I was going into the workforce during the pandemic, during what we know was a time that everyone loves to call unprecedented. And that let me know that the safety and maybe expectation of stability that I had was not necessarily true. And Mm -hmm. while that was difficult to navigate in the moment, I'm really grateful for it because I think it opened me up to be more willing to experiment, more willing to really go for it. And so just about nine or 10 months after graduating and after starting that first job, I left that nine to five and went out on my own into entrepreneurship, into originally social media management, content strategy. I've always had a marketing focus because it was kind of natural to shift into in the position that I was in in journalism. And eventually found my way towards podcasting as this way to share stories in a deeper way, market in a more authentic way. And so there's been tiny pivots along the way, but I really think they all come from that source of, I knew that the only real stability was the stability I was going to create for myself and the willingness to really go for new opportunities. I love it. Love it. Something we've been experiencing here in Canada, and I'm not sure if you're experiencing it here where you are, but there's been a lot of controversy here in Canada over women in journalism, especially TV anchors, news anchors. We had a very famous one here in Canada that was basically fired for no reason. They just, I mean, it this is what everyone's saying. And to be honest, I believe it, but basically they felt she was getting too old. She allowed her hair to gray naturally over the pandemic because she couldn't get it colored over the time. And they just found a way to get rid of her. And it created a huge controversy in terms of journalism and the unfairness of, you know, men at a certain age can still keep going on in journalism, yet women are seen as old. It is absolutely a challenge that we see with women, that we see with people of different races, people of different backgrounds. And I think one of the beauties of kind of what we're talking about today and what we've been able to see through social media, there's a lot of difficulties, of course, but is the ability to be able to own our voice as women own our voice as people with different backgrounds and very diverse backgrounds and be able to kind of reclaim that space, even though obviously we need traditional media to catch up and to get on board, but really being able to push forward in the meantime is really important. I couldn't agree with you more, Isabella. I think, you know, 
You talked about having your own voice. And I think that lends well into our conversation today about podcasting, because, you know, as an entrepreneur, you've got a message to get out there. And podcasting is one of those medias that you can own and that you can control the messaging. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that you are you have the grace to share with the world, you know, what is important to you. And I think that, you know, when we take advantage of that, it becomes a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And there's a way talking about like ownership and having it be your own platform. There's also an opportunity to slow down just a tiny bit, even though we know that most people are listening to podcasts on their commutes while they're folding laundry or while they're doing dishes, there's still an opportunity to slow down and have more of their attention than Mm -hmm. you might have with a 30 second post on social media or a graphic that they can scroll past really easily. When you have a podcast that's even five minutes, 10 minutes, people are able to marinate in your ideas a little longer. And that can be really important for entrepreneurs who are doing things differently. Entrepreneurs who want to showcase how their solution to a specific problem in the world is novel or is going to be able to meet their needs in a way that other people can't. But we often need time to explain those things. And a 30-second post can be valuable, but can be limiting. So podcasting is just a way to deepen that connection we have with other folks. I love it, love it, love it. So I know you've come prepared today to talk more about, you know, how to have that high converting podcast with a small audience. So I'm going to let you loose for a little bit. And then we'll I'll ask you some questions and we'll have some back and forth on it. I love it. I'm ready. And please jump in with any questions <laughs> as I keep sharing. But I, I really think it comes down to what are the messages that you want your audience to walk away with that you want also to show up next to your name when someone Googles you? So oftentimes when we think of podcasting, because thankfully it is an accessible medium, you can jump on with a free distribution platform. My favorite is Spotify for podcasters and with a microphone that's relatively cheap, you start to think it's just me talking right? But the podcasts that step above and really stand out are the ones where a little bit deeper than someone talking. There's a little bit more of intention. And the intention oftentimes we can take it back to more of a PR concept of like, what do you want to be known for? Mm. So just taking a second before launching your podcast as an entrepreneur to sit down and say, What do I want my podcast to be known for? What do I want my business to be known for? And then really going in that direction. Oftentimes I'm working with businesses that are smaller. So they're either solopreneurs or they have smaller teams. So it's often built around a personality or a personal brand. And in that sense, I always ask them, okay, yes, you can talk about everything. You can talk about the journey. You can talk about your background, but do we want associated with the business and with you long-term? What is going to have that sticking power? And not just sticking power in terms of like, what's the hot topic, but what are you going to look back on and be really proud that you said? So that's always Mm -hmm. where I have to start is just Start your podcast, yes, with a lot of energy, but with a lot of intention, maybe some boundaries 
set out, like, this is what I want to be known for. And these are the things that I would rather keep a little bit more private or keep a little bit more, um, in personal conversations with friends. And that's okay. It's, it's perfectly normal to have, uh, those boundaries in place. And then from there, it's all about really being, being able to craft an episode that people enjoy. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. Love it, Isabella. And we're, and we're going to dive deeper into that in just a moment. Audience, we're going to stop for a quick 15 second break. And I'm going to be sharing with you some resources that a free resources available at RTI Publishing that are going to help you publish your book, write your book, and then use your book to scale your business. One of the keys to becoming an author is hiring the right publisher. It's the difference between having a book that converts readers into clients and one that sits unused on a shelf. Check out seven questions to ask before hiring a publisher. Get it free at authortoauthority.com slash publisher. Welcome back. Isabella, loved what you just said about the intentionality of, of a podcast because I think the best podcasts are ones that are focused, where you know your target market and you spend your time speaking to them. Now, that doesn't mean that you only speak on one topic, but love the intentionality of it because I think sometimes people go into podcasting and they think they can just talk about anything and everything. But when they do that, they're not grabbing the attention of that of that perfect listener that they want. Absolutely. And it can take time to refine that target market. I do want to put that out there yes. for anyone starting their podcast, especially independently. But for our business owners who are listening, and even our authors, really thinking of who the ideal client is that you're trying to go for and making your ideal listener a variation of that ideal client. So for myself, I mentioned already, I know that I work with businesses that are on the smaller side. Maybe their team is a little bit more compact. So I know that when I'm speaking to building a podcast, I know I'm speaking to people whose resources like time and money may be potentially limited. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm speaking to really mission and impact driven people. So they want their podcast to showcase yes. their causes. They want their podcast to showcase their values. And so I'm going to keep that top of mind when describing a topic. If my target market were different, it were a different industry, were a different focus, I could talk about the exact same topic, but the way that it comes out would be completely different because the person I'm intending to reach is different. So really taking that moment to just say, what is most important for the person who I eventually want to turn to my ideal client? And how mm -hmm. can I speak to that in my podcast as my ideal listener tunes in? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was funny when I was considering doing the podcast, I realized really quickly that me talking into a camera by myself was just not really going to work well for me. <laughs> what made you say that? I have recorded videos and either have to really script it or I have to have 50 million bullet points, but I just start to ramble like it. <laughs> I and I actually feed off of seeing other people. 
I find it hard to just talk to a camera. I, I either have to really imagine imagine somebody else on the other side. Like I don't I don't get self-conscious in that in that sense, but I love the conversation. I love the back and forth. And for me, I find some of the best golden moments and nuggets come from that back and forth. So that's why originally I had started with guest interviews. I also had a co-host for quite a long period of time and what made it really fun was she worked in my company, but she'd also had been my best friend for over 30 years. So we really knew how to feed off of each other and, and have those really great conversations. But one thing I've, I've been doing recently and audience by the time you know you hear this at the beginning of December wow can't believe that 2023 is almost over I will actually have just solo videos on YouTube of me and so one thing I've been doing a lot of recently is uh, actually studying a lot of the really popular YouTube people who do solo videos and that talk on, you know, business, YouTube, things like that, talk on topics that I would be talking about. And just studying them, studying what they do, how they're structuring, you know, what are the lengths? Because I find I could probably talk for about a good 10, 15 minutes. After that, I start to ramble. So I know that when I do these videos, they're probably going to be about 10 minutes and 10 to 15 minute time range. And they're going to be really impactful. So go to YouTube, go to Author to Authority on YouTube and, you know, check out those videos because we're going to be doing, I'm going to be doing deep dives into, you know, creating and scaling and creating being, you know, how do you create a book that converts readers into clients and then how do you use that book to scale your business? And each of those words, create and scale stand for different things that, that we're going to talk about. So go to the YouTube channel. If you're listening to this on the podcast, if you're watching this on YouTube, just go back to the author to authority homepage and you will see those videos there. Amazing. <laughs> just love that you started with research that you started with looking at a, another person's channel and saying, what do I love? What can I embody? What do I not like? Right. And you combined best practices that you observed with knowing mm. yourself. You mentioned you go on tangents after a certain amount of time. That self-awareness is going to be so good for your episodes. And I really encourage the audience that if they want their podcast to be solo, to do something similar, to mm. listen to episodes, not just for entertainment, Listen to YouTube videos, not just for entertainment, but start to write down those notes just like you did of what stood out to me here. Oh, they put in a transition that I really enjoyed. Oh, they they made sure to recap their previous point and that helped me take away another lesson and understand how their best practices can turn into your best practices with just some tweaks on the side. Yeah, I actually have a notebook and when I watch those videos, I actually start writing the time spots that things happen. And sometimes I'm even writing out word for word things that they're saying, not that I'm going to say that exact same thing, but just sometimes the way they say it or the way they do it. One thing I've noticed specifically with YouTube, but I think even with podcasts, is that if you don't grab a person's attention right away, 
they flip to something else. And so actually been, I don't know, audience, if you noticed, I'm doing the openings of the podcast different. We're structuring the podcast different to make it more appealing, more listener friendly, those types of things. So Isabella, what I would love to talk about a little bit is actually creating that content. Because I think that's, I think that's one of the areas where people get stuck the most. They're willing to do these podcasts, but then they're like, I have no clue what to talk about. I have no clue what to say. Do you have sort of a basic structure that you recommend for people who are just starting to get into podcasting? Absolutely. So what we were just talking about, I would call a hook, right? To start your episode, grab their attention. And actually writing the hook last is going to be really smart or doing your research on your guest and then doing the hook that way. I think the hook you did today was very compelling. I definitely noticed. And I would say first, when it comes to choosing topics, again, thinking of that ideal client, what do they need to know from you? So is that, do they need to know a story from you? Uh, To give you an example of a career coach I worked with, we would look at the topic of getting a raise and we would think Mm -hmm. of the topic of getting a raise is huge, right? We don't want to stuff that all into one episode. So we started looking at how can we break this down? So it's getting a raise and first it's a story. And so it's the time that I got a raise as a new mom. Okay. She's going to tell that story in an episode. It's going to pull out some lessons in that more beginning, middle, end format. Another topic that she pulled from the idea getting a raise was how to know you're ready to ask for a raise. And it was five signs that you can look out for. So it got people primed for thinking, okay, do I need a raise? Another thing is why the last time you asked for a raise didn't turn out well. So educating Mm -hmm. them on mistakes to look out for. So with your topics, I really encourage you to not just Think of like those big, big things of how to get a raise or what is a raise? How do do I know I need, right? Think of that and then start to break it down into educational topics, into stories, into how to differentiate yourself from other solutions, right? Mm -hmm. Going back to those service providers. Why didn't the, the tips that she got online last time work when asking for a raise? Those little things. So breaking things up into smaller pieces will make your episode more focused. And focused episodes are really important, not just with focus on the ideal client, but focus on the topic, especially if you do maybe tend to have very big ideas. And even if you have a story, even if you have an episode that's not focused on a story, it's not the one about the time that I got a raise, include little anecdotes, little examples, include hypotheticals, analogies. Our brains love stories. And especially if you're someone who already invested time in writing a book, you know how important it is to include those little moments. Uh, I love a good nonfiction book. And so many of them are formatted in the hook and then a small story from the author's life or from a pop culture moment or from something in history. And then they break down how that story is relevant to the topic. I want you to take that same formatting and apply it to your podcast. Put in that hook, introduce the topic, tell a good story, an analogy, a hypothetical, whatever it is, and then break it down for your audience. And they're going to walk away feeling so much smarter. And that's how you want your audience to walk away. You want them to feel like, 
wow, Kim really explained <laughs> that so well. So that then they trust you more to eventually buy from you. So audience, first of all, she just did something that I want to encourage you to do. She told a client story. And those client stories are really important. Not just your story, but the story of your clients and who they are. And, and you know, she talked about how she was able to help this client, but the story was all about the client. And so first of all, Isabella, that was a wonderful example of how to use a client story. And audience, I wanted to highlight that for you. But did you notice how she broke that down and she gave you really an amazing structure that you could use in your podcast? And like she said, it doesn't have to be your story. It can be stories from history. It can be other stories. You know, for me, I love inspirational stories. I'll, you know, I'll get on YouTube and watch inspirational stories all day and night. And, you know, like go on YouTube, watch some inspirational stories, watch some stories about, you know, your topics so that you have all of these, these different ones to, to share with people. I was going to ask you a question and then I got off topic on that is a okay. Something I just wanted to touch on with the sharing a client story. So something I hear a lot is I want to share client stories, but I want to protect confidentiality. I want to protect privacy. Something that you can take away if you would like to share a client story is you can, you don't have to include names. You can just say their industry. So the story I'd shared just now, I just said a career coach and how to get a raise. I didn't, go into the intricacies of their business. Yeah. Another step you can take is asking your clients for consent at different points and say, how comfortable do you feel with me sharing your testimonial? Then go beyond that and say, capacities. You're okay with me putting on the website. Are you okay with me sharing it on the podcast? And giving your client the option to opt in and out. Yeah. And if they opt in, again, doing everything from a place of respect and also taking advantage of their amazing willingness to be a testimonial for you, because that means that you did a great job. So you can play with that. Alternatively, if you're not comfortable with either of those two options, Creating hypothetical scenarios can be really powerful. And just mm -hmm. noting in the episode, hey, I'm going to come up with a wild example here. Come like, come along with me as we think through this example. And you can maybe get a little more hyperbolic in yeah. the example. But all of that is an option for you. And you can always include stories or relevant anecdotes even if you are in a more private sector or you can go the consent route on, there's a spectrum there. Love it. Okay. I remembered what I was going to ask you. <laughs> How important are call to actions, especially if you have a small audience? I think having one potent call to action at the end and telling the listener exactly where they can go to work with you next is really important. You want to make sure that it is clear where their next steps are. Don't send them in six different directions. Don't say, if you wanna work with me, check out these six platforms and these six websites. Choose the place where they're going to be able yeah. to find the most information and say, head to the show notes to find the link to my website and make sure that the link to your website on your show notes works and has 
anything relevant after that, make sure it's a good landing page. Mm-hmm. You do want them to go to a social media platform. Let it be the one social media platform you are most active on. Yes. And then that way you're not sending them a, on this goose chase of, I just wanted to buy her book. Now I can't even find it, right? <laughs> let them know if you're in a period where you're really promoting your book, let them know, okay, go to the link in my show notes. It's going to say buy, link, buy book here and it's going to have a link that works and it'll send them to a place where they can buy your book and be very clear and intentional about that one call to action. I love it. I love it. Yeah, because, you know, like you said, if you give them too many places to go, they get confused and they don't go anywhere. And you are correct. Be, you know, you talked about being intentional about what you talk about. You also need to be intentional about your call to actions, where you're sending them and making sure that they can actually do something. A lot of my guests say, well, just go to my website. And so I check out their websites, but there's no call to action on their website. So I go to the first page of the website, but there's nothing to do. So what do I do? I click off, right? So you talked about a landing page and I think that's really important is, you know, especially if you have a free guide, a free something, a consultation call, you know, either send them to like a scheduling, you know, if it's a consultation call, sending them to a, a scheduler where they can actually schedule it right away or, you know, sending them to a landing page where you can capture their information. Yes. And there is the option, of course, to send them to social media, again, a platform that you are very active on, and specifically say, go to my Instagram and hit follow. People yeah. need that very clear instruction of just what do I do next? Is it go to my Instagram and DM me this specific word? Mm-hmm. Is it go to my Instagram and check out my most recent post? Choose one thing and let them follow. Yeah that one directive. Also being intentional with your call to action means knowing what you're setting up to sell long-term. So if you are someone that has multiple services and let's just say you're having a holiday sale right now, making your call to action something relevant to that sale is going to be really important rather than just, again, that general, go to my website and buy something. Exactly, exactly. Isabella, we are out of time. So what I would love for you to do is share a final thought with us. And then if people have enjoyed this episode, how can they connect with you? Absolutely. So my final thought would really be the tagline of my business, your impact deserves to be shared. Every single one of us has an impact on the world, especially as business owners. You created your solution, your service, your business to serve, to help, and to create an impact on someone else, maybe on a lot of other people. And it requires you to share that. It requires you to put it on a bigger platform. And we can't wait for someone else to create that platform for us. We have to start sharing it ourselves. So You have everything you need already to start sharing. Go for it, whether that is on a podcast or whether that is somewhere smaller like TikTok or Instagram, wherever it is, really, really go for it. And if it is a podcast and you'd like support on it, I would be honored to help you do so. So my website is isamediainc.com, I-S-A media, M-E-D-I-A-I-N-C.com slash call. You can schedule a call with me. We can talk about what it's like to get started on your podcast, how it'll help your business, and we can go from there. I really appreciate all your time, Kim. Love it. Love it. Love it. 
Audience, if you have gotten this far in the show and you're wondering what to listen to next, I want you, if you're on your podcast app, scan back to episode 411, How to Create a Six-Figure Business from Your Podcast, if you are watching this on YouTube. The thumbnail is here on the screen somewhere. Just click on that thumbnail and you will be taken to the next episode. Thank you so much, audience, for listening, and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've You've been been listening to the Author to Authority Podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.